0: Hello and welcome back to Dollars and Dragons. Uh, today we have VJ Harris with us. VJ Harris, if you'd like to introduce yourself to the audience uh tell us a little bit about who you are and what you
1: do uh hey everybody my name is vj harris my pronouns are he him and they them use them interchangeably um i am a professional freelance ttrpg designer and a pro gm over on start playing that games um if you know me from my freelance work you probably um i'm most well known for an Elfin and an or, Cat, a little baby volumes one and two um my work on arcadia and just like blatterings across dm's guild and other like <laughs> (laughs) third party uh publisher
0: Well, let's totally pivot from all of that and talk about your (laughs) hobby which is being on stream shows and we'll talk about uh total party kiss which from my knowledge started one year ago right
1: i think the channels are older than that one year uh Mm -hmm. maybe like slightly older than that but yeah not 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 more than that is my understanding
0: yeah um how did you come into that uh, sort of group and how did you get invited to that show if you don't mind me asking
1: yeah so i was um i was mutuals with uh alex our dm for strange hungers um sword Ghost, most places aldermancy at some, pla- some other places and um they reached out on uh tiktok to ask me hey you want to come and play like you want to join this session we're going to talk about what the game's going to be about you'll meet the other players and stuff and then i get in this i get in this call i i like I, I see like three other big names that I follow and like recently became mutuals with two of them. Um, And was just like, what am I doing? And what am I doing in this game? <laughs> like, are, are you like, if you were looking for big, like big TikTokers, like I'm not the one, <laughs> but obviously I wasn't about to leave because of that. And, and so um, that's just kind of where uh that started there with like, I, I don't know how well everybody else knew each other. Um, I know one of our, one of our players, um, Shan, I don't think really knew anybody else, uh, like, similar to me outside of, like, oh, I know your name, and oh my god, hey, big following, blah, 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 Um, but yeah, it just started off as, like, mostly a bunch of some strangers invited in by Alex to play in this, like, super detailed and really, like, I guess I kind of want to say tragic a little bit world.
0: Yeah, it seems to be a, I guess it's a trope for queers to really, like, tappy tragedy, but... <laughs>
1: Yeah, okay, yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess that's a thing. I don't know. I don't mean to put anybody in a box, but, you know.
1: I mean, you're not wrong. My my character (laughs) Taz is literally tragic backstory rogue but his family is alive nobody's right. dead
0: yeah i think um it's actually funny like uh through like mutuals and stuff like that um so you know that i've worked with sloan uh art Plebe, who's actually the uh graphic designer our layout artist for uh the vineyard and they had previously worked with me on a on a few shows um i had uh picked them out and uh asked them and they per- overperformed for that bronze girl for shakar season two um and the layout and the the splash screen and everything. So um, in addition to that, though, I, I was just on recording the podcast with legal kimchi which will be the episode before this one and uh legal kimchi is actually i believe cousins with puja which i was that was mentioned to me and i was just like hmm so they're both attorneys and they're both into <laughs> ttrpgs and they hadn't like they hadn't like talked at all in quite a while but um i guess kimchi was saying he's like yeah I, I just noticed that my cousin was in the ttrpg space when i got into the ttrpg space just through happenstance
1: <laughs> small world
0: what's it been like uh to be performing uh for that long on stream
1: man it's 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 been a very excellent and fun journey like i um i don't really have any like performance background like i did I did theater in high school for like a year wasn't like, it was fun. It was my senior year. I was like, I've always wanted to do this. I'm not playing any sports. I have all the time. Let's go. Um, so like, it was a great time there, but uh, out like my like creative expression was always writing and not like actually performing. So actually getting to, and like, don't get me wrong. I'd played up until that point, I'd played D and D for like, I don't know, five, six years. So it's not like I was uh, new to that, but it definitely feels like there's a lot. There's definitely a lot of more um, performance aspect of it when you you're streaming for an audience, and so like I go back and rewatch everything for various reasons, and I'm like, okay, I've um, and just seeing the progression of the, of like my myself and the other players, especially some of us that like just didn't have any streaming experience. Like right next to me, I was like, yeah, we're just we're just newbies, we're babies, and like it's we've steadily grown better and better at it. And just and and also not to mention like it really puts it into perspective how much time D and D takes because we've been playing for like a year, and our players yeah. have only been together for like. A month and a half maybe it's it's such a it's like it's it's really funny because we've been playing together for a year so we feel these deep connections to each other and it's like wait our characters shouldn't feel that yet But it's it's really hard to, like, not be like, oh, yeah, this is my, like, long term, like, best bud, like, hey, let's go kind of thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, the the romance plot that took you six months to develop was actually just like a week and a half.
1: Exactly. exactly.
0: (laughs) With that being said. Um, were you looking at moving more into that? Or is this something you think that perhaps you're going to just stick around with the groups that you enjoy performing with? You think you might want to start streaming on your own or developing content on your own? Or are you happy just to be a performer and be with those you no like and trust
1: for a while i was like going back and forth because i I also have a tiktok where i talk about a bunch of stuff my own projects other projects talk about like bigotry in the space and all that Mm -hmm. and i was like yeah i you know i have my my 15 to three minute videos it's fine who needs who really needs more than that and then i was like actually i need more than that so then i started a podcast um (laughs) and and i'm doing that still like it's on a like season one's done hiatus break until the new year um and and then now i'm just sitting here like okay there's even more stuff that i want to do that i can't that i don't think is very Good for a podcast format, like visual things, or like I play a lot of um I play a lot of video games, and I get a lot of inspirations from monsters. And I'm like, like I I wanna I wanna talk about monster design, and like take something that I like to play, and be like, hey, here's the steps that I go through turning this into this. So I I do think sometime in the new year, like the first couple of months, I'll be venturing out into doing more stream things, at least by myself, um on my like own channels and stuff. And like I turned 29 recently, and my best friend's like nine days older than me, and he was like what do you want to do before you're 30? Like, we're almost out of our 20s. And I was like, I don't fucking know. (laughs) And then then, then I thought about it. I was like, you know what? There are some professional things that I would like to like... It's not the end of the world if I don't do it before I'm 30, but it would be cool if I did. And some of them were like, oh, I want to be on like this stream and this stream. Or, oh, I want to show up on this talk show for like TTRPG stuff. So yeah, yeah, definitely want to branch out there.
0: Yeah, I think that especially because you're a mechanical designer, a game designer. I think that's very interesting content for a very wide spread of um and because you have a tiktok presence maybe you could for instance build a youtube presence if you wanted i don't know if you're like into video production um most youtubers i know as i was discussing with um kimchi like the production part of it like kind of takes over your life and like you that's like your separate hobby it's like let me get this light set up perfect but uh yeah so if you are kind of into that which i think that you are because that you seem
1: very right brain to me don't is that true? <laughs> uh the the bits that I've been getting into, I'm like, okay, okay, this is cool. Okay. Yes. So I, I, I like haven't dived in yet because as you well know, lots of projects that I'm writing on right, right now. Um, but the bits that I have like, okay okay this can work like i i d- like i have a camcorder that i've had for a while that's still like very functional like would do the job that i dug out and was like okay how do i make this work with this because uh, like the my steps is i devour anything i can find on youtube about whatever i'm doing like i t- not related but like i got into minecraft and then watched like 30 hours of videos <laughs> between like okay, okay playing it the first time and then jumping back in afterwards um right. and so like have started that and was like okay so i have this that could work with like oh i had this ring light so yeah i I I can already I can already imagine that I'm gonna like (laughs) I already I already know it's coming I already know (laughs)
0: yeah let's pivot to Starlight Tales uh tell me about that because I am I'm personally unfamiliar but I'm interested to learn
1: Okay, yeah. Okay, so much of my week is just consumed by D anD D, running it or playing it, and um, so every other Wednesday, I am in a Starlight Tales Twitch channel game called uh, Tales from the Heart, Starfarers. And Starlight Tales is this like where where like Total Party Kiss has a lot of different like uh, a lot of different programming that's different that's in different settings. Starlight Tales is all one setting. You can like plot exactly where each um, each game is on the timeline of things. And it's just like, uh, like out in space, like spell jammer, a little bit of sci-fi stuff mixed in with the fantasy. And right now, I'm playing a very good-looking uh, trans guy named Corin, who's a who's like this, uh, who's a Castellan, a race of like people that disappeared, like before the breaking of, like, I don't, I don't even, I'm, there's like, there's like a big breaking cataclysmic event. And like, we existed before that. And then we pretty much stopped existing after that. So we're trying to figure out what happened to us during that time right now. And then there are, like, other games on the side. Like, there's um, the Dead Zone, which is people going and exploring where our people used to exist. And then there's, like, the Ant Farm, which is, like, a Hunger Games thing where the rich and powerful, like, pay to get people in there to, like, fight for their lives. And then there's this other thing that's, like... Before before I get off... Before I start talking about 50 different things, there's a lot of different programming and genres across the channel, um, but all set in the same world and all very cohesive. And it's just, like... It's just a really... Like, I like being on Total Party where we have all each have our different things going on but I also didn't realize how much I would love being on a channel that also has like a bunch of things going on but they all exist in the same world and the same timeline and like they draw from each other.
0: Have you considered now that you're on SPG to do that for your games?
1: Oh. Um. Okay, so I so I got some I got I got some really good advice from one of the top DMs um on the website. Um <laughs> I got you some I'm really good... you, you're
0: not talking about me, are you? <laughs> oh
1: my god Who else would I be talking about? You're literally my cohort leader. Like what kind of <laughs> Anyway <laughs> I got some really great, I got some really great advice. Do 5e, Mm. um, do these pre-established settings until you like get your, get your like following who will follow you elsewhere. So I do have like, um, I've got like, I've got four games running right now. Mm-hmm. Um And all of them, like two two of them are set in the Forgotten Realms and two of them are set in Exandria, um, you know, Critical Role setting. And mm-hmm. like, I, I've i mentioned to them like, hey, in the unlikely event that all of you die, what do you want to do next? Do we want to stay in this setting? Do we want to pick up new characters? Do we want to try an original setting with an original um storyline? My original setting with a like, pretty much like taken from another adventure, third party or something storyline. And like, I offer that because like the prices do change based on that. Because like, if I have to pull something completely out of my ass Mm -hmm. i'm like okay hey this is this is gonna go up um, and like yeah. all of them have been like, hey, yeah, I'd love to see what you're doing with your own like world building because they they like what I'm doing with the with the current stuff like all the like the things that I'm adding and whatnot. So I think there's like a lot of um, opportunities for that to definitely be the case going forward. And especially if I can like if I get everybody in a different place in the world, um, can say, oh, hey, yeah, you you know you heard about some adventurers over here doing X Y Z things. So it would be yeah. it'd be really fun.
0: Yeah, it's it's a unique opportunity and it can be a lot of fun. I think. I um, if you are in my situation, at least this is what I tell myself, I try to limit those uh, or how interactive like the world might be if you're affecting each other, um, because it can get overwhelming and take up a lot more time for prep. Are you on your own four games? Are you attempting to scale up more than four games right now? Or are you happy with four?
1: Uh yes and also I lied I'm on 5 games um there's every TV. other yep there's an every other saturday game that is also okay. in the forgotten realms Four and a half. um yes i like there's a i've i feel like i've gotten into a good rhythm with my like freelance work and actually running the games and like and i'm starting to do some more like world building and um switching over to uh, a different vtt for this and like mm-hmm. learning that um before but yeah in the new year like i really want to there's a there's a cur- of straw slash she is the ancient meets spelljammer campaign that i'm really excited like uh-huh. to get off the ground and start running nice. and like it's um like i i might be i might be blaming like um interview with a vampire for this but i fell in love like with some oh. like 20 like style clothing and i'm like okay yeah. here we go like this like
0: uh how gay is that show by the way i love it oh my god okay oh
1: I gotta go rewatch it. I, I actually haven't watched yeah. the last episode. I, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I've got a couple.
0: I've got a couple left. I I wait to watch it with my uh, gay girlfriend. So. <laughs> yeah so we we enjoy it together but um yeah so that's that's super cool um so she is the ancient in space um second edition is coming out i'm a contributor for that i wrote the i wrote the uh the partners so whenever that comes out um the partners will be different but they have like goals and stuff that you can sort of point them to for like different plots and stuff um that you can sort of leverage. I guess I'll just leave out the details on that, but it's more than what it normally comes with in the cursive straddle, which is nothing. So,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I had like a page each, so I was like, okay, how do I fit as much value into one page? <laughs> each of these people so i tried my best
1: i can't i can't wait to get that i can't wait to get the uh the second one because the first one was just like
0: it's it's going to it's going to print so i'll get to put it on my bookshelf so that'd be really cool because all the stuff that i've thus far published has been like has not gone to print it's just been like pdf or whatever or it hasn't been printed and hasn't been shipped yet so i'm i'm eagerly awaiting that because um then I'll have something on my shelf that has my name in it. But anyway, enough about me. This is about you. So, (laughs) uh, for you and, uh, scaling and stuff like that. Um, how much time right now do you think you spend for four games uh, during your week?
1: Um. So I did a lot of upfront work because I knew mm-hmm. that it was going to be like just the way my brain was set; it was going to be hard for me. So, so now all I have to do is like, um, oh, I want like like take Exandria Tales of War for example, which is the War of Ash and Light. Um, they're fighting the Dwindalian Empire. They stole the beacons, all mm-hmm. this other stuff. Like, I have all of the plot, like the the beats set out, and like the important people that are involved in it, and of course that changes depending on what the players do um but right now like any of my prep is like oh you know what i think i want a different war machine for them to fight so i go play some horizon forbidden west or zero yeah. dawn and then i stat yeah. out those monsters like that that's pretty much that's pretty nice. much where it, where it is right now um and like a little Ooh. bit of, um, and like a little bit of cleaning up. Like I, I use a lot of um, Excel spreadsheets. It like helps me stay, you know, uh, it helps me stay organized, and also right. it like helps me know everything, like keep track of the players, like really important stats. Um, but part of that is also like I like I like being able I like already having all of the the like races um pronouns gender identities like brief descriptions of the characters they're going to meet and it's like um sometimes i'll go in and tweak that or like if somebody like for example the the, every other saturday game i i've taken to like saying oh hey this is such and such pronouns he him a cis man or you know just like hey these people definitely exist in the setting but one of my players was like hey i feel kind of weird with you like saying cis man um uh trans woman like it feels like it feels like uh like playing into the you can always tell i was like oh yeah that totally wasn't my um that wasn't my thought process but i totally understand so like my next prep for that was just going in and removing the like the actual like their genders or like taking it out of the like it's still in the notes but it's not in like the little combined description for it anymore so maybe they find out about it some other way but it's just like oh yeah uses they them pronouns or like that so mostly just cleaning up stuff now
0: that's so that's very interesting i can i can see how it's like a trans person that might uh bother someone um and in that respect i can see how someone would have that reaction yeah i i think i'm a bit of a weird uh mm, how do i say this i'm a late bloomer so, like, my opinion of, like, trans stuff is very different than most people's, I think. So, I understand that personally. And, like, I, I'm not saying that, like, my opinion is better or whatever than anybody yeah. else's. But, like, I know that I have, like, a lot of unworked, like, trauma and issues that I still have to unpack. I try as much as possible. All that to say, I try as much as possible not to express my judgment.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing more common and like tropey i guess than like trans people not getting along with other trans people because they have a different opinion about trans issues yeah (laughs) Yeah. so i I try to just let it be but um i can totally understand that though for uh the purposes of like you just want to like i think for me when i get into a game and for me because i am i believe that i i started out with as more of like a are they, are they, them, because I wasn't really sure like what the other side would be like. But then once I looked over the fence, I was like, yeah, I'm all in. I get, I'm like, I believe that I want to go all the way with everything. And I was like, I immediately told my physician, I was like, we're upping my estrogen. Like, I'm going, <laughs> I'm going as far as I can. So, um, I think for me, it's it's more a matter of like I have throughout my entire life when I've read and I've written and I've. Um, role played uh, in these other environments, especially text-based stuff, I have always imagined myself a particular way and it was always best for me mentally um in in a in a a comfort way i suppose when i'm role-playing these characters it's always been better for me if there's no question of like the identity um if people just accept me for being femme you know something that makes me feel happy but when you're when you're a gm obviously you want to try and make everybody really comfortable
1: yeah definitely and i and i do think like um Still, like, having the pronouns in there does, like, um, obviously, pronouns don't equate to gender inherently, but it still gets right. across, that, like, hey, there are lots of different identities in the setting. So, like, mm-hmm. not everybody is going to be cis um there's a lot of variety here there's neo pronouns in there like yeah. just all across but to answer the original question all in told i think i'm at like 10 maybe 15 hours prep across all of it right now because i front loaded okay. so much of it um, and you're so that, three
0: or four hour games
1: uh uh three hour three hour games uh sometimes two and a half if we if we like get out a place where I'm like this is the perfect spot to stop <laughs> if we go any further it's gonna end on like a really janky note but yeah, so you're like, almost
0: at 30 hours a week then Ish, yeah, 30 hours a week and then you have like your full time of writing and that's another probably like 30 or 40 hours right
1: yeah i'm i'm
0: you're busy you're I'm busy.
1: busy
0: i'm busy yeah i'm doing a lot
1: i'm doing a lot i i need to I, i really need to get a handle on the um on the writing side of it because like i can't do much about like how many i mean i can't do much about how many hours i'm running games but i'm like i'm not going to change how many hours i'm running games I'm right. um, like it is what it is, but I can I can I can do better with time management of my like full full like my uh freelance stuff because uh, right now that that kicks me in the ass a lot and <laughs> I need to get better.
0: I found that I'm at the far end of I've reached my mortal limits and like my spirit is much stronger than my body. Um, so I've like basically just transformed into like this workaholic that I, so I run average 12 games. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's a little bit less. And then also I do writing and then I run this show and I do newsletter and I do social stuff and I'm doing the project management for the vineyard and all that. And then I basically don't have hobbies, but I find that, um, I did watch a little bit of Critical Role the other week. Um, so I did do that, uh, the Mighty Nein re- Reunited thing. Um, but I find that after I get to a certain point, I'm just like, I have no energy for anything. And I'm just like, and I'm just like wasting away, like hoping that I get the inspiration or the ability to keep working. But I found that I've loaded so much onto my plate that it can be really difficult to manage that. And being a full-time GM, it it can be difficult for me at least to find the energy to to do things other than manage my players and run good games. I'm still figuring it out in a lot of ways. It is difficult. I have off weeks where I'm just like, if I have like an emotional thing happen for me as as women do when they're on hormones, right? It's at least once a week I have like something happen. Like I have my cry session, right? And then I have to I have to cancel a game sometimes and like take a mental health day. Because right now I'm running games six days a week. I uh I try to Make sure I always get my sleep, at least, because I know that if I don't get my sleep, then it it greatly affects my performance, no matter what I'm doing. I don't know how I got on that. We were talking about schedules and how busy we are. Yeah, I wish I had five more hours a day.
1: I um I've been kind of toying with the idea, and like I've talked to the like my players. They're like, "Hey, I'm thinking about maybe doing this for the games that aren't every other week, like the ones that we do it every week." I'm like, "Hey, maybe in the new year, um, we like last week of the month, we take a break, we don't play, so that way I." <laughs> have like pretty much that week off from running like i i took the week of thanksgiving off and i'm taking the week of um new year's off obviously because you know actual mm-hmm. holidays um and i was like i felt so refreshed i'm like you know what i need to when i up the game i'm like when i up the games because i want to i'm gonna start with one slot for um for the uh curse of spell jammer game um and then if that i'm imagining it does well like it's one of the uh, curse of Strahd's like one of the really good games and yeah. she's the age it's like really good and like if that does well then like opening up another one and i'm like i am like and having those be every week as well like uh earlier in in the days earlier in the afternoons because i run mostly evening games mm-hmm. um depending on like who jumps in it. and then I'd be like hey once a month we're not playing i'm just taking a breather uh mm-hmm. and i like because i've also had like times where it's like hey guys i'm not Having a uh, you know, I'm having you know a hard personal time. I need to cancel this game, and it's always like. I'm I'm like thank the God thank the Lord that my brain like whenever it's going to do that it's usually like hey the day before or early in the morning like hey you can't do this today or tomorrow yeah. so I like there's a lot it's not like it's like thirty minutes like hey sorry I got to cancel like I've never that's never happened and I'm so happy about it because I feel so bad um but like I've taken those little breaks so I'm like if I if I do these games up the prices for some of them because I'm adding new things and doing other things and doing it every week I can afford to take that week off and like yeah. All I'm doing is writing if it, like and if I'm lucky, I'm not even doing a lot of writing if I've managed yeah. my time correctly.
0: I think that's the dream, honestly, is like if you're using SPG and you get established and like you can use it as supplementary income, but you're not dependent on it. Um, I think that's the ideal case for most people within the TTRPG space, because being in TTRPG, just not enough to sustain you. But SPG can be pretty consistent depending on how you run your business and if you're very on top of it and you're very responsible and you run it like a professional. It can be pretty, um, you just have to work at, you know, making sure that you are doing your due diligence uh, as much as possible. But yeah, I'm, I'm totally that person though, VJ. Like I, one time, so you know how, like, so Anya's our campaign manager, right? For Kickstarter. When she agreed um, to, to join the campaign um, for Vineyard, I, it was a Thursday and I like had that happen where we had the meeting earlier that day and I just like lay down on my bed and I cried for like you know an hour and a half or two hours and that was right before my game so I showed up to my game late after my players like pinged me and I was like still like sobbing I was like okay okay I just need like five minutes so that I can run this game <laughs> and I have like that you know I have that even if like nothing bad's going on i feel like my body and my like i need to cry once a week now so if i don't i'll find something to cry about (laughs) and sometimes it just means like everything's going really well and then i but um that's my cycle Anyway, um, understanding that though, um, my players are really kind to me and they're very supportive of who I am and, um, what I need and stuff, because they know that I'm going to be like in it for a little long haul. And, um, sometimes they might miss a week or whatever, because I'm an emotional bitch, but you know, <laughs> that's what you get if you, you know, you side up with me. I'm, yeah. I'm trans. I'm not, I'm not that person that's going to stuff down their feelings all the time anymore. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really cool actually uh in the way that I have been able to build my business around my identity a little bit. People like filter themselves out. Like I haven't had someone come in and try to be a troll. Not for $40 a game. Like <laughs> no one's <laughs> like, no one's paying $40 a game to like be mean to me. If anything, they're all a bunch of softies, but, uh, yeah, they, uh, I, I'm very thankful for, uh, my, my players in my community. A lot of them, um, initially voted, um, you know, looking for either a, a trans or a femme identifying GM because they're queers, uh, over half of my players are queers, um, which is not something I anticipated, but apparently I'm cornering the market on, on the queers.
1: <laughs> um, excuse me, stop doing that. Uh, I I'd, <laughs> I'd like them over here too, please. Which also I think, I, I, you know what? I think I, I think a nice chunk of my players are too. Just yeah. Um, so, if you I mean, put it in,
0: yeah, if you put it in your profile, I think that's a kind of a a thing that marginalized people, especially, look for, right?
1: I know I have it in all the games like hey this is xyz friendly but I'm like is it in my profile that it's friendly because hey I am these things you know what I should go check that if it's not I should definitely go check that i
0: you know i saw a lot of people advertising okay so here's the cycle right i do something on my ads people see it and then they start doing it right um and not to like sound like i'm totally full of myself but this happens so often like when i try a new technique people just blindly try it like they don't even like they don't question it they just put it in their games even when it's like not you know for them but um i started uh you know, doing like the um the flags and like hey, it's gay and trans friendly right um I saw a lot of people started doing that, um which is okay, which is great. I am glad that more games are trans and gay friendly but um then I was like, okay, well, <clears throat> how do I differentiate myself? Then you know, everybody's apparently trans friendly, you know, from the the to the you know the the gayest, you know. Um, so I started putting uh, trans gay uh, GM in my pro and I was like, ah, they can't copy that
1: exactly, and, you know- <laughs> unless they are like. They,
0: they gotta go they gotta go all in
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know i don't want to like i don't want to assume anything about anybody but i also like wonder like how many people that are doing that are actually like like are like not bigoted like are, are not like like kkk level of bigoted obviously but also aren't like <laughs> doing the like <laughs> let me make sure i don't have any micro questions or anything i'm like how many of them yeah. actually are i don't know
0: <laughs> you want it okay let's talk tea Let's talk tea. So there are some GMs on SPG who put that they are a safe and inclusive space, yet they are the exact opposite of that. And players find out pretty quickly. And I'm not going to say which demographic that those people belong to, but I bet you know. Um, And uh, yeah, so there's a lot of people out there who might try to leverage identity as like a marketing tool or anything. And that's really unfortunate because a lot of the people who are marginalized are just seeking a safe space. To play. So I think that in general, if you're going to be advertising, I think it's probably better if you just don't emphasize it. Like if you are Safe and inclusive, obviously include it like maybe in your description or something, and that you have like rules against, of course, like any jam probably should, just like any business should, to like openly advertise it and like promote that as though you are a safe space when you're not a member of that identity. I think can be problematic. You have so many bad actors um out there who are trying uh their rainbow capitalism with other people's like trauma.
1: Yeah, and and, and I mean what what are you supposed to do about it? Like I don't... What are you even supposed to do about it? Besides, like, be like, I'm going to be an actual safe space. So if you come across me, you you can know that you're fine. um
0: <laughs> Yeah, I'm not like a, I'm not like those other GMS who are pretending to be gay. I'm actually gay.
1: Listen, That's... I'm all the things. I'm, I'm. Listen, I got. Uh, listen, come to me. I got you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It's one of those, I don't know specifically what to necessarily do about it except encourage people to report GMs who are not following the rules, who are not obeying terms of service on SPG, who are not abiding by safety tools, things like that, because these GMs are like a blight on the industry, create a lot of RPG horror stories. And some of these people, unfortunately, like I remember being on a call with more than one of my players, like who had been abused in some way by another GM on SPG. And they're like telling me, at I'm, I'm like, just like, you got to tell the safety team. The safety team actually does care a lot. So if you're a player at SPG and you report something, they do... Look into it. And if a GM is abusing players, um, they will ban that GM. There just has to be, like, a basically a, a trail of it. Uh, more or less, because it's it's difficult to arbitrate that. But any evidence you can bring to them is very helpful, and they just keep their eye on that GM and see if they're they're a problem. There have been GMs removed from SPG because they are they are not doing the right thing, and SPG doesn't want them. No one GM is so amazing that they're going to bring down SPG like me. Like even like me and like the top five, right? So even combined per month, what do we bring in? Like maybe I don't know, like twenty thousand. 25,000 like if we're averaging 3 to 5,000 a month right um i think i'm at like 5 to 7 right now but before taxes so that's, don't that's, it, that's, it's not is. impressive
1: <laughs> that is the dream i listen that is still the dream
0: it is it is but it's a it's a hell of my own creation even if, like, we're bringing in that much money. That's not that much money for, like, a company like SPG when they have literally all these other people to bring in and are going to do the right thing. So it's a difficult position to be in. And it's unfortunate because some people have their first pay GM as a really bad... Mm-hmm. I had a really bad experience with my first pay GM. It's through PayPal, through Rule 20 Forums. Um, We played on Fantasy Grounds, but, yeah, it was weird. There was a lot of red flags. There was a red flag like, hey, I need you to fill out this entire ginormous requirement for you to create a character and here's a list of things that i absolutely hate and i think you're a terrible player if you want to do this and i was just like holy shit like this guy's serious and then you know of course got into the game and like was not a very uh fun gm to play with was more of like a curmudgeon pseudo abusive like it was weird um yeah, didn't didn't go back. I gave it a, I gave it the the three session try, and I was like, I'm not going to continue to pay for this because this person doesn't facilitate.
1: <laughs> you're, listen, you're better than me. The three person try. Um, I was gonna say first session, but two sessions. I'm like two sessions. Yeah. first sessions could just be growing pains. Um, well,
0: I will say the only reason I did three sessions is because you bought them in bulk. I would have oh, done one and done.
1: Mm. Th-
0: this was a PayPal deal. Yeah, this was like back in the day. This was I think this was 2020. Yeah. So SPG <laughs> had just gotten off the ground so nobody knew what it was and i was just like kind of looking around it's like oh i want to play dnd this person advertised they're playing storm King thunder and maybe this will be fun it was not fun let's pivot to talking about your work on dm's guild Elfin and an orc had a little baby how'd you get on that project and you know let's talk about it
1: yeah so um adam hancock my amazing uh co-designer so i got in Shit. i got into the ttrpg space by uh starting to review things like i realized the dm's guild existed i also realized i don't have a lot of disposable income but i do like the game and i've been playing for a hot minute at that point um at least like four or five years and i was like you know what i would love to just start reviewing stuff so that's what i did i started reviewing i was like hey i'd love to do a review of this is there any chance i can get a complimentary copy to do so and that's how i started building out my dm's guild library um and 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 then um at at a certain point i made my first product which was restless a guide to laying incorporeal undead to rest because i was running um god what's it called uh water deep dragon heist never finished it but i didn't like the options for like the poltergeist in the, oh, in the yeah. so i was like how do we fix this so i made this mm-hmm. thing and it was the first it was the first like published piece of work i ever made i'd made homebrew stuff before but like this i put out to the public and it definitely um it definitely needs a like a rewrite because it got a scathing review like a year like maybe two years oh. ago S- scathing but fair like it's not like it's not like it was like blah, blah, garbage like okay you know what this is very this is very scathing but it's fair and legitimate and i am a much better designer now so i do at some point need to go back and and redo that i got in the space i was reviewing i had a twitter now for this stuff and then i was also talking about like racism and bigotry in the products and and i like you don't have you don't have to have a degree to talk about this stuff you can learn independently like you can do your own research but i went to college and got my degree in um Public relations as a fallback in case, like, the thing I actually wanted didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, creative writing with a focus in African American and queer studies. And all I really wanted to do with that was tell stories about black queer people like my dissertation to graduate with that was talking about spanking in the black community and how it was like um a complete disservice to like black kids in general doing like interviews with like people that were spanked older generations the younger kids all that good stuff Mm -hmm. um i like i had these like wild and grand plans with that and then i dived into um and then i dived into like a wasn't even doing anything with the writing part but was doing like social activism and stuff but then here we are in the twitter space like oh we're talking about racism just like oh, I can talk about that. I, 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 like, I'm a black guy. And, and not to mention, I like, you know, have all of this like academic knowledge that I can be like, hey, like this court, this looks like this. This sounds like this. And then we were talking about race and stuff and Adam reached out to me one day and was like, hey, do you want to work on this project together? And I was like, absolutely. Um, And so like the point, for those of you that don't know, Elvin and Little Baby takes all of the official, five, the volume one at least, takes all of the official 5e races and splits them up between parentages and upbringings because there is a, a lot of like bioessentialism in D&D 5e races and like pretty much what i'm saying there is like it's like saying um one race is always going to be good at something even though that on a biological basis even though it doesn't make sense Um, so like for example um, the, the example I like to use when I'm talking to people about it is like an orc that has never lifted a finger in their life grew up in a pampered household should not be inherently stronger than a gnome who spent their entire life working in a mine and I saw like the ASI as that like oh orcs are always going to have a strength advantage regardless of what their actual lifestyle is Um, with the like getting the bonus to that and then of course there were like some of the negative modifiers to things that just like played into some like you know um anti like for for orcs in particular anti-black anti-indigenous stereotypes and like some mm-hmm. of the other language so pretty much the point of writing this is like to redo the lore so that it didn't have those racist stereotypes to separate the bio essentialist part and to give players more like um more freedom and choice over their over their characters, and it's we're on we're working on volume three <laughs> right now. Probably the the last like major volume might like update it with new stuff. Um, but working on volume three right now, and it's been like a joy to do so. Like I've I've gotten multiple opportunities for additional work because of the work on An Elf on Baby. Like multiple other projects have been like, hey, can you come in and do lineages? And I'm like, yeah, sure, totally. Like I'll drop in and do this and add the point system so people that want to. You can like go back and use it on our own products too. Like it's been, it's been such a joy and I've been like able to, talk about and work and like utilize the creative writing aspect things and the african-american study part of things like in the actual writing um to like make sure like try and make sure we're not doing any like fucky-wucky shit anymore with all of it and so it's like i i think about it and i'm like god i'm so glad adam like asked me to be a part of this
0: yeah sometimes that's how it's how it goes right like you you not necessarily your first you know publication or your first gig but sometimes it's one gig leads to another gig leads to another gig um kimchi was asking me he's like how did you get all these people on the vineyard and i was like i don't know i just bold emailed all of them but (laughs) a lot a, a lot of it was just i mean that's how like you know well, I connected with you because of SPG. But um, a lot of people, like, honestly, I didn't think we're going to say yes. But a lot of it is just like, I'm going to pay you. They like the idea. That's enough for most people. You know, as long as you're being compensated enough and you kind of like the idea, then they'll, they'll jump on the project. And there's other factors like, hey, would I really think that this person is going to bring something big to the project obviously everyone that i've invited i think has brought a lot to the project and i'm and i'm very proud of that and i'm very proud of you know their work i'm very satisfied with it across the board but a lot of the time it's like it's difficult for people to make the those first inroads into networking um and networking is like a a bad word because if you're inherently out for yourself then networking would be considered to be bad. But I tried to think about it as like what opportunities can I provide people or create with people? looking at it in that respect i think is a much more productive way to get people to work with you because if i'm not paying you enough um, to make it worth the hassle of work working with someone new or if i'm not um, providing a comfortable enough environment or a professional enough environment then it's just a hassle right i just think like you're not doing yourself any favors if like you're inviting people to projects and you aren't the investor like if you're not the investor then you're basically asking people to work with you for free and take a chance that everything else is going to be amazing
1: yeah like i um i i definitely get the networking like what are the things you can like do with other people like that that's pretty much my like whenever i'm talking on like um tiktok about making things and whatnot people like i want to get in this like and like i'll be like uh especially if like i already know them as a mutual i'll be like hey let me know whenever you want to start like i'm always down to work with a new person to get them into the thing and like help them do whatever because like i like I had that person. Like, Adam helped me. Like, the work got me more. The fuck, the work led to so many other opportunities. And like, listen, everybody... Assuming you're not a god-awful person, everybody deserves... Even if, per- even if you're a god awful, even if you're a god awful person, because I, I don't think I think everybody deserves to like to make money and be able to live. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think everybody deserves a person who can help them get into the space, um, in such a way that they can support themselves or whatnot. Yeah. So I'm just like. And, like, while I'm not going to work with somebody who's a god-awful person. Um, yeah, and so it's very much, like, when I network, it's like, what can we do together? What can, what, what, how can we build each other up and less about, like, oh, you've got, like, <laughs> like, like 18,000 followers, all right, let me ask you to do a project so I can see if that translates into money for me. Not to, not, not to say that, like, if somebody with a big phone is like, hey, you want to do a thing? I'm not like, you have so many people that are probably going to buy this. Like, this is going to, this might change, like, my my monthly income and, like, give me some breathing room. Like, obviously there's that excitement there, but it's not the first thing. It's like, yeah, what can we do together? What, how can we, like, make each other better before it gets to, like, the monetary uh, game yeah. part of it?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm personally super thankful for people that gave me an opportunity um, you know, amongst them, like the first show that I went on and Chris, who cast me in that show, and that really got me um, started in it. And then I started running my own shows. And then Lou Anders, who uh, was very supportive for me running Drones and Bones.
1: Yep. Yep. Um, I was like, I know that name.
0: Yeah, Lou Anders, uh, who actually has a Kickstarter. I think that's wrapping up here um, that uh, I have the materials the play test that i'll be running with some of my players but um yeah so like lou anders and then like uh chelsea steverson um little red dot from cobalt press who took a chance on me and like i've been working with for like a year now on a couple of things and um now she's writing on the vineyard as well and jasmine who i worked with as a content manager all these people just like took a chance on me and then like michaela evil you know in in her uh partner for one night straw and like I kind of got involved in that as the marketer and then it's just really a lot of it is momentum and just for me it's really it, it is lucking out but like I see a lot of people who are like yeah I would love to get into the space a question of can you provide something that's going to be beneficial to everyone or are you just looking to benefit off of someone else's labor so if you're not meeting people halfway at least um or you're not doing the additional it can be really hard to break into the space because if you're not working then you're not working but if you're already doing the work and you're already doing stuff on your end to either build a platform write more and put it out there and work with other people, then it comes a lot easier.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yes, like, I know we have, like, a story, like, you know, the um, Storytellers uh, Collective that, like, you know, helps people run their, make their first games in a very variety of amount of systems now. I really wish there was, like, a, um, it would be great if there were, like, more, and I could just not know that these exist, like, more courses about like, the more, like, technical side of things and, and like, not saying that the right, there isn't technical writing, but, like, you know, you have the creative writing part of things that has technical and, like, fluff writing, which, you know, both very valuable and then there's the actual like oh hey here's like like hey you want to you like here's the attitude you want to have going into here first off and then here are the other mm-hmm. things that you're probably going to have to do to make sure you're successful outside of the writing part so like that that that
0: storytelling collective is such a valuable resource for many people and Absolutely. i remember talking to sebastian about the early iterations of that and how that is how they basically got their start and they progressed and me looking at it and sort of nudging both Kenzie and then myself, like the best thing you can do invest in yourself when you start to make a little bit of money because when you make a little bit of money that's not money that you immediately i think if you're building a business you should turn around and like blow on what you want if you want to actually use that momentum to gain more business to uh, grow your brand to grow yourself as an artist or a writer or whatever it is that you're doing you should invest in that for the same reason that i pay into b dave's courses that he puts out i'm gonna learn something from b dave like that's and this is some Someone that i you know i've been on a panel with b dave and i've had b dave in for our our cohort talks like i've talked to personally like you know what i mean like i'm still no matter when b dave has something to say i'm like i should pay attention to this because i could probably learn something and lo and behold i do so I think it's very important that people focus at least if they're independent or they're freelancing. What are you doing to get better all the time? And you should be focusing on that because your writing, like you said, from two years ago, should not be like you're writing today.
1: Exactly. And like uh, and like you said, like all the time. Like like recent like um Alex was telling me how um they read like Orient the book. Orientalism to like be better prepared to integrate a lot of like different people and cultures into the into the setting that we're playing in and I'm just like yeah like that's on my reading list now like I'm working through um writing the other like it's a book with a lot of workshops in it like I've 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 read excerpts from it before in some of my creative writing classes because I was like hey I want to be able to do this but I'd never gotten the full series and like gone through it and like the class is kind of out of my budget right now but the book I can do that and get better on myself like a list of things that I'm like okay I'm gonna I'm, when I get some more money I'm gonna watch this course I'm take this course i'm gonna do this that and the other like always doing some type of professional development it's also why i buy i back like i back so much shit on kickstarter like it's like okay (laughs) it's addictive (laughs) yeah like and and it's like nine times out of ten it is literally like okay i'm backing this i'm gonna read it what have they done it was really successful how can i incorporate that into my works moving forward and like also because i take i look at it as like a like an academic like professional building thing i like you know write it off on my taxes later on like hey i i I was like hey i got this for this and this and blah 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 and it's perfect because it's it's not a lie it's like okay and then i just get to have nice things
0: yeah exactly yeah (laughs) i i buy a lot of stuff because my hobby is now my job i buy a lot of stuff that i'm going to be writing off of my taxes (laughs) exactly
1: it's it's, there's a downfall to having your hobby be your job job in the sense of not having things connect but there's also an upside when it comes to you know taxes at the end of the year
0: when i was uh first starting the vineyard because that project obviously like took its took its own like it just someone hit the nitro button because i initially got michaela to agree to jump on and then after that it was like gabe agreed and then i was like oh shit this is a really serious project now (laughs) i was like oh no um so i took a college course um about queerness and horror um based around the book uh monsters in america i think it's called i'll have to look it up later maybe i'm getting it wrong, but um, it was all about how uh, basically like disability and queerness. Ha- are you googling it right now? I'm gonna put it in the show notes. Uh, I think it's okay. Monsters. Cool, cool, cool. I, so it's Monsters in notes. America, our historical obsession uh, with the hideous and the haunting. I'm gonna link you right now, but it is uh, probably one of the best books that I've read. And we did a whole class about like the movies that are talked about. <clears throat> In this book and how basically like Dracula is essentially, if you study it, what it plays on or what it played on when the movie was released, they really emphasize certain parts of the original novel in order to capitalize on like what would be horrific to people of that era and at that time it was Jews and Eastern Europeans um so that's in queers so like they really emphasized like the fact that Dracula didn't have like a traditional like marriage and was kind of gay um and there was like that predator gay like vibe um, for Dracula. And there's also a lot of aspects of like the, um, so the Jewish people who were coming to England, um, at the time, and that was played up in such a way, like you were invading essentially, um, in some way. And they didn't belong for that reason. So there's, and there's a ton of like, they go all the way up to, um, I believe even like more modern examples like, uh, Cloverfield, um, so there's like a little bit and there's there's a little bit through each era of film and I thought it was very interesting um and really made me think about how do I run horror games um, in a way that is both safe and then how do I do it in such a way that understands that sometimes (laughs) horror is really just playing on people's bigotry and their fear of what they don't understand and how to, how can I create a horror experience without someone that I may be playing with?
1: I'm definitely going to have to check that out because I once had James, I don't remember what I said, I did something and James was just like I wanna play in a horror in a horror game with you and I was like and I was like, I don't even know if I'm good at that. I don't know if I'm terrible at that or not yet. But I, I said I did, I did, or did, or said something, or maybe made a TikTok video about something, and there was like great pacing in it, and it was like, hor- I don't, I don't know what it was, but I'm like, I can't, I, I, can't wait to read that.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a great, it's a great book. Um, it's fascinating. The entire thing is just fascinating. Um, I highly re- recommend it. Uh, w. Scott Pool um, wrote it, and he's come out with very similar books. Um, along that genre. It's always focusing on horror. Uh, he's d and D player himself, actually. I uh, emailed him about the Vineyard. Doesn't have time to contribute, but maybe we'll talk and he'll he'll boost it when it comes out. Um, <laughs> is what he is what he said because he was interested in buying it based on my description of it. But um, yeah. but yeah. So yeah, moving on to because we're you know eventually going to run out of time we need to talk about arcadia and flea mortals let's talk about your experience
1: uh yeah so you know how i mentioned that an elf and a little baby got me on more projects it's got me on even better projects like an elf and a little baby i did my first project i published it on my own and then i also entered like a thing um for mt black but it wasn't like a collaborative thing it was like a contest and you just put it all together and i i don't even know i don't even think we like i don't even think we got paid i don't even know if it it, it was for any money or not i can't remember i just wanted to dip my toes into it 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 was all right um but down the line i eventually did some work with james um for sly flourishes stuff actually like uh for some layers or whatnot before james went to go work for mcdm and mm-hmm. then when arcadia was like come, you know getting pitched, james sent me an email like hey you want to do this and like i can trace a very dirty but like accurate line from an elf and an orc, had a little baby working on it oh, and yeah to getting invited on to work for Arcadia and I'm just like absolutely so first off the best company I have ever worked for um and I say that in like a terms of like um ownership payment. Um, all of that good stuff and it's and and like on the payment front i i for the most for the most part i'm very rigid about how much i would like to be what what's the right when it comes to companies like when i first started out doing it i was i was a lot less um i was a lot more like yeah i'll take this like even if it was like slightly less than you should probably be doing for the industry channel because like i i want to get my foot in the door i didn't i wasn't doing it full time at that point i had another job so it's like not the end of the world if you're only paying me three cents per word um it's not great <laughs> but it's not like like, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get, have my bills paid this month or anything. Um, but now I'm a. Now I'm a lot more like rigid with how much I'll. I'll like write something for a company. It, my prices still vary for like individuals, DM skill products, that kind of thing, based on their budget and stuff. How well I know them, but never anything that like isn't going to be good for me financially but i never have to worry about that with mcdn because just just first off 25 cents per word which is way above the industry standard i don't even uh and it might be better than what uh i don't know what the coast pays um but it might be better who knows but not that much um, okay well see 25 cents. first off 25 cents per word second just the whole like when it when it comes to arcadia magazine stuff just the the whole um like i have final say on what happens with my articles like Jane names can come in and suggest Fifty eleven things 50 million things all of that and i can be like no to all of it like and because my name's gonna go on it it's not like like uh arcadia is very um disjointed with some of the stuff sometimes purposely so like not in an unorganized way right it's like Mm -hmm. hey we have a bunch of different things for you know various things you could possibly use in your game and so like very much like yeah i was i was trying to go for this with this so i can't change this to this um and just kind of accepts that when i say that um Versus like flea mortals which i also wrote in um uh where i did like uh the basilisk um there's like three in i i redid incorporeal in undead i send that in my name doesn't get tied to it specifically for like a good reason like like uh, there's only so much work i do on that and then it gets sent off and then like james makes changes um maybe even matt makes changes if, if he's doing that I, d- I don't know the full back-end process but it's like i do up to x amount of work and then it goes in and they do other stuff um but still like at various parts it's like hey I'm trying to get this out of this. How do we like figure out how to do that with how you want it done? And there's still like that, Back, back and forth conversations like hey this is my like you wanted me you wanted me to do something new with this so here and this is what I'm thinking how do we meet that in the middle and um there had like there are like most of the projects I've worked on I've just gotten like free range go do whatever and then bring it back and we'll edit it Um mm, one or two it's been like very strict no deviation no nothing no argument hey we want this fix and it's like you're paying me I do like the project it's not like I'm work. it's not like you're a bigot or anything so I'm like yeah I'll do it I'll work on it but like MCM gives a lot of freedom across the board when it comes to making stuff that I really like like and respect and and it obviously there's a time and place for that but I've never felt like I've never felt like if I if I like suggest something it's 100% guaranteed gonna be shot down and not like considered and then and then after consider potentially worked with together to talk to like get it to where we both want it since um especially especially with like individual arcadia issues because my name is literally on it it's like yeah this is my design work versus like people aren't going to know that i wrote the bascalist or the ingapore Undead unless i tell them <laughs> uh, yeah. or um or unless mcdm like markets that as part of it and they don't do that all the yeah. time which is fine i'm just like hey yeah no i worked on this too like i'm in this book i did this <laughs> um so yeah it's just like they're the best company i've ever worked for and i hope that i not only do i hope i can i get to continue to do it which i i imagine assuming i still have good idea to good ideas to pitch for arcadia i will get to do so um so um but also like oh god like i i just i i would love like if i could get my if i could put my fingerprints on every single thing that they work on like a setting book adventures i i would die happy
0: i you know if i was in if i was a contributor to flea mortars i would like be on my roof every morning morning like yelling it to my neighborhood for no reason
1: it's so I've, i have two articles in arcadia now the first one was monstrous components which like you take the little um, monster giblets and use it in spells and every time like i watch matt on uh twitch and youtube um like i like his design work i like you know he's good background noise for me when i'm working because i can't not have anything going um and every time this man has like praised the monstrous components article i have made a TikTok about it and lost my shit like i have i have fanboyed about this man loving this article like we're we're, we're like what, what is it we're in like issue 24 or something and like a little while ago like earlier this month maybe late in october matt said something that was like yeah i can't wait to use the monstrous component article and I was just like, this man is talking about this shit again, again. And I'm just like, ah, like just losing lo- yeah. losing my shit.
0: <laughs> it's nice to be appreciated, isn't it? Isn't
1: it? it's really yeah. nice to hear about it i'm just like and yeah. i and i don't i don't think it's gonna stop like every time he mentions it i'm just about to be like well y'all know what time it is <laughs> Time to do, this again. do
0: you have anything that you are currently allowed to talk about um besides uh mcdm work
1: uh yeah so obviously i'm working on elfin and an orc had a little baby volume three uh like i said probably the final big volume um if friends of the Coast keeps putting out official 5E races and stuff. We will I don't know how we're going to do it, but in my mind I'm like kind of imagining like, "Oh, we'll just um, excuse me, we'll just uh, you know, update the final volume or whatever. Like, hey, here's a here's the add-on to that. Like, thanks for being a customer." Um, and then I'm I'm the project manager and a writer on a on a thing called Unnamed Space Project. Um, we haven't like figured out any of the titles, but that's uh coming to Kickstarter like sometime next year, and it's pretty much just like um we are leaning in more to the sci-fi aspect Spelljammer, um and like building that out getting more uh like uh combat to combat rules more rules on like building out your ships and stuff um more linear more like sp- i got to write for this i got to write all the species which was really exciting for me um still debating if like it's going to be c- cross compatible with all of the other stuff but um it's been such a fun time doing that and writing lore and stuff for that um what else am i'm on um god what else am i i'm on a, I'm on a bunch one second um Okay. There's like, there's, Dr- there's Drift's travel log on the DMs Guild. There's a part two coming out that I'm, I wrote some lineages for and I'm doing some stuff for that. Um, And then there's also, I'm, I'm, I'm writing some more fluff for some, uh for an original work that I believe is going to be on Kickstarter for various lineages, which I'm having a lot of fun with. Like, okay. Anybody that knows me knows that I love orcs orcs and tieflings but orcs specifically are my favorite i have i have retooled them redone them removed the stereotypes made them best boys and routinely say orcs are for black people now back the hell up i mean obviously <laughs> anybody can play orcs but like um and like i'm a uh, and like I'm, I'm writing these like 200 word blurbs for all of the like standard uh, races and I, I'm i having a lot of fun with it because uh, one of the things that I wrote recently was about orcs like having been created by the god of death to be shepherds for the for the dying and you know to deal with the undead because I think a lot of um like there's a big community aspect to me for orcs and I'm like I really feel like given that like love and community part that I think is like a big part of orc culture or should be written about more um, would translate really well into taking care of uh like like taking care of community members that are sick and dying and also dealing with um undead scourges that would like you know directly affect the community and also like put a hinder to any like death practices so i've i've been having like an actual whole ass blast with that and i um i am currently prepping to run a one-shot next week as an actual, like, public example of my DMing. Because as much as I, like, privately run games, paid for friends, I have never been recorded doing so. (laughs) Um, and I there's a there's like a podcasting position that I'm really trying like uh that I'm really trying to get but I'm really excited like outside of trying to get that job I'm really excited about it because one I'm like it's in my own personal world and it's quick one shot it's like I kind of want to do more like quick like one shots like that or like one on one games with people and, and post it on the podcast. Um and it's also like letting me do some more warboating like okay don't tell my well actually by the time this come out it'll already have happened. So I yeah. told the players like that um they're gonna be twelfth level and that Mm -hmm. they're all, like, from my Viking analog in my setting. Um, But what's actually going to happen is, and I had them, as they were building out their characters, I had them put, like, hey, what are your stats, hit points, skills per level, and what class are you taking each level? So that when they start the game, they are in the middle of a a fight to the death because they've all been condemned to death. They're oath breakers, Deserters, Heretics, whatever. And they're actually going to be fifth level. And then, like, monsters are going to join, and then they're going to be named, oh, they're the Runebound, the Prophecy and then they're going to get magical heirlooms which me and Adam and another creator, um, Amber Litke, made in a product and it's going to bump them up to 12th level but they don't know that they're starting off at 5th level yet so it's going to be a nice little like surprise, they don't have to do any additional work for it because I'm just going to put their sheet together for them for that but um, I'm really excited to see how that goes um, like, I know the people that I'm doing it with, so, like, I know they trust me not to do any, like, fuck shit, and they know there's, like, a little something special I'm doing at the beginning. Like, I want to see how that goes to see if it's useful for other for other games or if like that's something I could um, introduce to like my start playing stuff or also and just and just like general things to talk about like hey here's some ideas for running games if you like if your players are cool with it and you like they're okay with surprises so very excited about and I'm doing I'm doing all the audio editing I'm gonna grab like sound effects everything tossing it in there so like that's
0: super cool Um, (laughs) we're gonna have to bring you back if you're cool with coming back uh, so that we can actually talk about your work on the vineyard and then everything else that's going on in your life but i have like a meeting to get to so i have to end the podcast but uh thank you so much for coming on vj um and we're gonna have all of vj's links in the description below for you to check out thank you so much for coming on again and i'll see you all next time
1: yeah thanks for having me